Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Quarter Life Crazy. On today's episode we interview Alana talking about attention. Good attention, bad attention, unwanted attention, the lot of it. Alana is the perfect person to talk to being 6 foot 3. She's obviously going to stand out. We get to know her more through her story. Enjoy! Today we have the beautiful, stunning, inside and out Alana how do you say it? I still can't say brownie properly. Is it just brownie? Brown. Brown. I like always call it brownie. I always call Sarah Sarah Brownie. Sarah <laughs> is um, Alana's sister who I'm really good friends with. Alana, tell me about yourself. Where are you? Who are you to the listeners? My name is Alana Brown. I am in lockdown Melbourne at the moment. Oh, um, can't say. Yeah, I can't say it's very exciting, but... I get to do fun stuff like this. Thank goodness for technology. I know, exactly. Um, we are on Zoom, by the way, if the sound quality is a little bit muffly, but that's my fault. Um, so, Alana, you're in Melbourne, you're in lockdown. How are you feeling? Look, I feel good. I actually have had a pretty good time in lockdown. I met my my boyfriend a couple of weeks before Melbourne went into lockdown. So uh, we went on a couple of dates and... We decided that we wanted to be together. Um, so we spent the whole time in love, <laughs> in lockdown, <laughs> in love. Yes, we're in lockdown love. That's we've done the relationship, beautiful. yeah, like a bit backwards to what it would normally be. So we've got, you know, um, very intimate very quickly. Mm. And I think in a lot of cases, that's where some new relationships fall apart because you're used to doing all the fun stuff like going out and and dating and doing fun stuff together and then when it gets to like the mundane stuff like um like cooking at home and just watching tv and hanging out doing nothing is when it really you know and like the shit starts to come out like when you have bad days or when you're feeling crap or when you're like angry and and then you start to see these sides of each other so we we saw that from the very start and um so that's good. At least you know what you're getting into though you're like I'm getting into exactly this, this is what I want yeah, the highs been, and the lows yeah it's been really good so and I'm so happy that we met because like we've did, yeah we've made lockdown fun um yeah. it's just nice to have that company so that's been good and um you know you have to have deeper conversations too because you like nothing's happening you can't exactly. talk about what you made up to really <laughs> Exactly. Because we all know. It's literally like, yeah, I've been locked down. I'm I'm hiding. That's it. So you do. You have to have open conversations, which can be scary, but also great at the same time. Yeah, I think it's been really confronting for a lot of people. Um, But for me, you know, that's kind of nothing new. I kind of was going this way anyway. So, yeah, it's but we definitely have our days like you don't have variety in your day. You just wake up and you're allowed outside for one or two hours maximum. Yeah. So you just, yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be uh, resilient, I think, and keep seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Assessing, reassessing and just, just being kind to yourself, isn't it? Very basic. Yeah. And enjoying the simple things. Like you've got a beautiful new apartment Beautiful new boyfriend, enjoy beautiful days, whether it's runny, uh, runny, sunny <laughs> or rainy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's a runny day today. Hey, I might go for a run. I have started running actually. Oh my god, that's so good. I could not run, not me. That's oh me either. I've never been a runner. (laughs) We can run. Uh the only way you don't have to wear a mask is if you go running. So now I'm running. Just to get some anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway to do it. <laughs> so Alana, I'm gonna crack straight on. Um, what makes you stand out? Well, obviously my height. <laughs> so tell me about that beautiful um, height of yours. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm six foot three tall. Um in centimeters, that's 191 centimeters. Wow. So I am pretty much a head taller than most people. And that's what our podcast is all about because we're gonna we're gonna break this down. The yeah. experience of being a really tall woman. <laughs> but also add in the fact that you're absolutely stunningly gorgeous. So whenever you meet Alana in person, everyone literally turns their head to look. It's like who is this mystical goddess? Like it's that kind of vibe. So today we're gonna dive into like behind that kind of exterior, what does it really feel like? to really stand out and be a foot taller or a head taller than everyone else in many different <laughs> ways there we go in many so, different ways can you give me um a positive and negative example of the kind of attention you get from strangers yes so um my life has like I've definitely had a good life but I had a really hard time being a young person like um being tall uh, when you're young is is not a good experience it wasn't a good experience for me so uh because all I ever got was like every single day um you know I'd get called something like it was around that time um the movie called Juice Bigelow Mala Gigolo oh I didn't see that <laughs> And there's this really tall woman uh, and there's like names. So people would be like, that's a huge bitch. They call me behemoth. So that, that came out of that movie. So then that got relayed on to me. Yeah. Um, I get called giraffe, which (laughs) used to be an insult, but you're, you're my baby giraffe. We love giraffes. Um, I get told to go back to the zoo, go back to the circus. Um, this is made to feel like really abnormal. And when you're, when you're young, like all you want to do is fit in. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty shit. Um, also like now as, um, as a woman, um, almost 30 now, I, I cop stuff on the street. Like um, I don't really get nasty stuff anymore, but it's stuff like, Oh, when I'm walking down the street, people will um, either just come straight up to me and be like, you are so tall, holy shit. Yeah, that's not cool. And then, yeah, and then um, and then some, like, I, d- I don't know why they say this, but a lot of women say to me, it must be so hard to find a man. Oh, God. Like, that's your only goal and purpose? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, oh well. Um, I never really know what to say, but I, I think it's just a really simple. Like, I don't, I don't need to have um, a response, but it's just like one. I'm not really looking, but two. Why would you say that? Yeah, exactly. It's almost <laughs> why does that negative come to your head? head? 
Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So I kind of just go oh, whatever. That's that's the best question you have for a tall person. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that thing, isn't it? Like you don't know that you're tall. Thanks for telling me the obvious. I know this. I've been yeah. my body yeah. for my whole life, kind of thing. Um, yeah, talking... and like unfortunately, I'm the tallest person in the world, and no one else can love me for it. So I definitely can't find a man. Like, oh my god. Um, yeah, that that one annoys me. It's like I still kind of get personally insulted, but I still think it's funny. I can still see, you know, that they're just narrow-minded and they've only got that kind of limited peripheral vision of them is oh if you can't find a guy that's your height but babe I'm sure there's many guys six foot three is there how what type of guys are there is there a lot of taller guys yeah I'm like I get the peak of the litter man (laughs) everybody wants a tall guy exactly it's like yeah you get so much attention I suppose this is one of the positives I suppose of standing out like have you got an example of when it's actually really benefited you or when you felt really good about it so the positives are um I can always find my friends in crowds (laughs) and my friends can find me (laughs) I used to do um quite a lot of public speaking as well so I think um having my height and presence has really given me um I guess a bit of an edge to probably stand out from the crowd and make a bit more of an impact yeah I know that you know it's always a personality thing but it seems to be that yeah having like a big presence has more of an impact when you're you know, like when you have a good personality when you're passionate about something and then like you're a big person inside and out it's it's quite impactful and and I say that and I, I really feel like I got that from my dad because my dad is just a little bit taller than me you know he's just he's so he's such a magnet yeah as well that's a great way to say it because I always say like whenever yeah, we've it's met really beautiful I think there's Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I was just saying, like, that's what I feel about you when I'm around you. You're like a magnet for people. They draw you in. Okay, so how old were you when you really started to notice that you stood out? I was about, I would say it was like my early teens when when I started high school and we started going to like parties, um, never forget time we went to went into town and we're going to this movie marathon where um you know kids from all different schools would go to these mini marathons at the cinema and these guys were yelling across the road like behemoth go back to the zoo you fucking giraffe <laughs> like yelling stuff at this at me and I'm like you motherfuckers I will fucking kill you and <laughs> I, I ran I chased them I chased them down the street. I don't know. I never caught them, but I'll never forget that day. I just that night, I should say. Yeah. Wow. And um, that's but that's so good. A lot of people would just crumble. Whereas you're like, I'm gonna get you. Fuck you, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Like, I just, I, I think I just had enough. I, I probably. Like I was a pretty soft kid, um, you know, I'd been teased a bit before, like um, even before I was told, you know, like I think kids can be really cruel and I hadn't stood up for myself. And my mum used to like try and get me to stand up for myself and I think I just got so sick of it that I just started fighting back. 
and yeah and like I said when I was younger it was always kind of a negative thing um and I would just throw it back in their faces and I started realizing tough to build that resilience up though like as a kid I mean I suppose people say bullying is good for kids because like you're like you said before it was it builds up the resilience, doesn't it? And makes you very empathetic towards other people. But it's still a tough experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're a kid, um, you're so, so, so sensitive as well. And like I said, all you want to do is fit in. Yeah. So when I was young, I um, I did get to a point where I was suicidal. I was about 16. And I just thought, I just don't live my life like this. I just, I can't see people staring at me all the time. People always laughing at me for being tall. Like I just, I couldn't bear it anymore because like, this is like a daily thing, right? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, there's, there's one day I was about 16 and I was like kind of planning how I would kill myself. Um, and I was about to do it. And I, and then I thought, like who would come to my funeral? <laughs> yeah. And I thought about all the people who would come to my funeral and, and like I used to do pony club. I was a horse rider. I had horses and that was like my favourite thing in the whole world. And then, you know, there was my parents, there was all my pony club friends and there was all my friends that I had at school who were always very kind to me and, you know, they stood up for me too. And I was like, they'd be standing there going, why did I want to do that? Like, why would she do something like that? And I'm like, so I'm going to take my own life for all these assholes out there that are judging me for just being tall. Like, no, fuck them. Yeah, fuck and that them was like, right off. That was the defining, yes, that was like a defining moment of my life of like, you know what? If you fucking want to hell nasty shit at people, you can go fuck yourself. Like, go get some help. Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it because you do feel like with kids when they're getting bullied, um, a lot of them get very suicidal because their hormones are going everywhere as well and they just don't have the capacity to see into the future and be like, oh, this will pass. This kind of bully in this stage of my life will pass and it will get better. And so you do feel for those people that that like take their own lives and you're like, oh, you had your whole future ahead of you. Like it would have got better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's, a, that's a real defining moment. You're thinking about suicide, um, but then you're, yeah, you're thinking about suicide, but then you think of all the people that really love and care about you and what they think about you. How did they help you through that time? I never spoke about it. Like, oh, I only you know? told my mum. Yeah, I only told my mum, like, last year that I was suicidal when oh. I was younger and she was like oh my god Alana like why didn't you talk to me about this stuff and I don't know why like and I see it on movies all the time like the kids they don't talk about pain it's like I still want to figure that out I don't I don't have kids of my own I'm not around kids very much and but I still don't understand like why I didn't like go to my parents and say like I'm feeling really bad by what everyone's saying to me yeah. I think like maybe I just wanted to be really independent and I'm like, well, why would I want to live like this? I don't want to live, grow up like this. Mum and dad can't fix it. No one can fix what people say to me. And I used to get really embarrassed because like mum used to stand up for me sometimes. If it happened in front of her, mum would stand up for me and I'd get really embarrassed because I think when you're a kid, like you want to be accepted and cool. And if your parents stand up for you, then 
Wait. It can make it worse sometimes, can't it? It can make it worse. Yeah, then you cop it even more. Um, so that could have been why, because I know, like, my parents would have stepped in and stood up for me and I just didn't want to be embarrassed like that. Um, but, yeah, I never, I never told anyone. I never, like, showed that that hurt my feelings or um, that it got me down. So, in a sense, um, it was a good thing, but then on the inside it was really hurting me did you did you feel trapped in your body yeah I guess in a sense yeah because there's I suppose there's a lot of people that would listen and could relate to different aspects of their bodies that they'd be like I wish that I wasn't this way or I wish that I changed or I, I looked a certain different way and what does what does that feeling really feel like yeah well that's a good way to put it like I wish I wasn't so tall like if I wasn't so tall then um, I wouldn't get teased and then I could have a boyfriend and I would fit into jeans in the store. I could just like try on a pair of jeans and they'd fit me, Um, you know, and then I could just go to a party and like not stand out and I could wear high heels, like all that stuff is the complete opposite. Like I can't can't go to a shop and just, you know, put on an average pair of jeans because they're not long enough. What just 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 for something? What are the most impractical things about being six foot three? Yeah. Um. So I I really I really love shoes, and I really wish that I could wear high heels more. Um. And there's no saying that I can't, but like like practically, they wearing heels and like going to a bar. Like I have to bend down to talk to people because I can't hear them and they can't hear me, and then I get a sore back. <laughs> Okay, so high heels and going into bars is problems. What else are you saying about like the jeans? Yeah, buying pants like they're never long enough. But thank God, like there's um companies like um I love ASOS. They have quite nice um like maxi dresses and they have the tall range. So I buy all my jeans and stuff from there. Um, and there are quite a number of brands coming out now that cater for tall people, which is just, it's so nice because like, it, like you'll never feel this pain that to put a pair of pants on and for them to like go all the way to your ankles is like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's so cute. (laughs) And and high-waisted jeans. (laughs) So like your high waisted jeans are pretty much like normal and it all on a tall person. Yeah, Jesus God. Yeah, you don't so, even think of the impracticalities. What's it like? So I know this is the common one, sorry to be so typical, but like flying, how is flying for you? Uh look, I think like um for me it's not too bad, but bless all of the uh, the airport staff every single time I go to the airport, they're like, Would you like to sit in the exit row? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Yes, please. So look, it has its perks. That's another positive for being tall. Um, but yeah, sitting in the sitting in economy, um, it's a little bit squishy. Uh, I do have an ex-boyfriend who is six foot nine and he was literally like, I cannot fit in there. Like I have he had to sit in business class because like he he literally could not fit in the plane. Did he have to pay for that? So, or did they let him? Yeah. Um, sometimes I think they would let him have the, um, the exit row, 
Yeah. If he didn't pay for it. But um, yeah, because like how else would he fit on a plane? Yeah, exactly. It's just too so, tight. It's too tight. You're already, you know, I'm only 5'11". I'm not even 5'11", I'm 5'10". And it's like yeah. still squishy. And like, oh. think of all the basketballers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm like just under the threshold of like being too tall to fit anywhere because he used to have to duck under doorways and um not not fit in small spaces whereas I kind of get away with that a bit but um yeah there's even like we I went to look at a new apartment and one of the door I don't know why but one of the doors was a lot smaller than the wall I literally had to duck under there to go under that door and that was super surprising and I was like yeah no this is not for me no, this is not the right one. Not if you can't fit. And, so, yeah. Um, so kind of in um, talking about your experience, are you stereotyped often and are you reduced to your exterior when you have so much off to offer exter- internally? Yeah, so every single day when I go out into public, um, like as simple as going to the supermarket or going for a walk, just going out into the streets, like I will, oh, here's an awesome example, actually. I went to Bunnings to buy some pots for my plants. Yeah. And the Bunnings staff member came up to me and he was like, what team are you on? I've been trying to guess it for ages. I've been watching you for ages and I just can't guess what team you're on. And I'm like, well, you obviously don't know me that well. So I, um, <laughs> and he's like, wait, what team? I'm like, nah you missed it you don't know who I am and he's like oh my god who are you you should be like I'm really famous can I have some free stuff yeah <laughs> just assume I'm like a basketballer or a netballer or a model they're the top three stereotypes that I get yeah. um and so, yeah, they'll be like, what basketball team are you on? Or do you play basketball? Or are you a model? Um, and, yeah, I do play some jokes like like I did in Bunnings. And it's really fun. So you've got to um, play, haven't you? Yeah. Like if there's some negatives to it, you've got to play with the positives for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just funny because I'm like, why do we – like I get why they assume it, but I'm like – I'm literally too tall to be a model because clothes don't fit me properly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't play basketball because I'm no good at it. Yeah. Um, and and see, yeah, and netball. I did play some sports, but um, yeah, I even got picked up uh, at a bar that I used to work at um, when I was younger down at St Kilda. They play beach volleyball, and so the the coach there, Big Al, who runs it. Um, Victoria volleyball, beach volleyball was like, come and play with me. I'm going to teach you. You'll be really good. <laughs> um, Why did you, did you not do it? I actually did start playing with him and that's the only sport that I've really enjoyed. But yeah, I, and you know, like having those stereotypes, I do, I did like judge myself for a really long time. I even find myself doing it now. Like, if only I was more competitive, I'd be such a good basketball player. I could have like done really well in sports or I could have tried harder in modeling and gone over to another country where they're taller and, and been a model. Um, 
But, like, if no one stereotyped me like that, I would never have those thoughts. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I suppose with people that are, like, extra tall or, or something I've got, or even extra small works with the jockeys, isn't it? A lot of small men are jockey racers. Um, it's kind yeah. of like... It, it's kind of gives puts them in an environment where they're not the only one so it's like creating a community so that's why a lot of people would assume it because it's kind of like finding your physical tribe is that does that make sense but at the same yeah. time they yeah, such yeah. it's such a stereotype yeah and it like it sucks sometimes because then you feel like you are not living up to your you know, maybe what you were built for or to your full potential. There's always like, you could have been, like a lot of people, when I say, I don't play basketball, I never did. They're like, what a waste. Yeah. They're like, oh. But you've done some great things in (laughs) your life. Tell me, tell me about more about Alana internally. Who's, who's the Alana we need to know? Oh God. Um, I really do think that experience for when I wanted to commit, when I was going to commit suicide, because then it really made me think like, yeah, I'm not just my exterior. I'm not just a tall person. I'm, you know, I love animals so much. Um, and I love, love like health and well being. And when I, I think it taught me to be pretty brave. Like I left home um, before, like just when I finished. Actually, I dropped out of school and then I left home pretty quickly after that. Yeah. And moved to the Gold Coast. So I grew up in a really small town. Mum really wanted me to go to uni and I just didn't know what I wanted to study. And I was like, I just knew from the very beginning that I'm like, I don't know what I want to study, so I don't want to spend years at uni and like study something that I don't even care about after I finish so I want to go get work experience first and then study something that I really like yeah 100% um and I think yeah it just taught me to be very brave in that sense so I've I've lived um a pretty fruitful life in the sense of living in a couple of different cities and working a lot of jobs I did try to be a model Um, and I just, I just figured like the really famous models that really do end up making a living, they, they like have been discovered, you know, like they've had a lot of support. They've had an agency like kind of pick them up and they've taken it and run with it. And I definitely got put in situations where that could have happened and it didn't. So I did try to be a model. But I also, that took me down a path of a bit of self-destruction because then I really focused so much on my appearance. Yeah. And um, that that was a really, I guess it was a really good experience in the sense that I really know now that that's not what I want to do or where I want to be because, um, you know, I just, I I started my skincare brand out of that. So I have my skincare brand, AB Australia, where I um, like got a stress rash. And then I started experimenting with lots of different ingredients to try and make like a, something to help my skin. So I made this organic coconut scrub 
And then I created a whole brand out of that about like self-love and loving your image and taking care of your skin. And through that company, I really got to explore like doing my own modeling and my own style and then like sharing my knowledge with um, with everybody about like my health journey and my fitness journey and helping everybody overcome, well, not everybody, but like my followers overcome their body image that's um, it's so interesting and... because it's like I feel like with the modeling industry, it's it you have to fit into one look, one image, one, and we're told that that's the beauty standards, and you've got to be this height, you've got to be this yeah. skinny, you've got to have this kind of skin color, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous because that percentage is only like a 0.01 percentage of the population that actually have those naturally those natural super skinny bodies and and that height and so it's kind of maybe it's more of a percentage but it's great to hear that you've you're you've found your empowerment through being like I don't I can't fit into those standards I don't want to fit into those standards these are my standards and this is what makes me me yeah I do remember that now like doing modeling and um, applying it to some agencies they're like you're just not the look that we are going for and um, I did Miss Universe Australia in 2012 I was like I think I was 21 then yeah um 22 uh, and that again was like a really a moment for me where I saw like there was over 50 girls in yeah. a little change room who were like all so beautiful. They, they were that stereotype that you just explained. So I was like, you know, you got to have a set, like, you know, like Victoria, yeah. Victoria's Secret models. Yeah. And they're all trying to be like this one image. And I'm like, all these women are amazing and they're all so beautiful. Like why, why does one get picked out of this group? And then there'd be like groups around the world as well, just trying to get picked out um, for looking a certain way and talking a certain way and being a certain way. Um, that these judges wanted um yeah. I was like I never want to be a part of that that's crazy this is madness it is um yeah that was it for me that was yeah I started my company like a year after that because that really gave me um so much insight to what I'm about and what I stand for so and can you just tell me kind of so you've gone from you've gone from being like before, when you were 16 no fuck it like I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna live my life I'm not gonna be uh, put down by other people and then it's almost like you kind of went on an internal journey then to like fit into this beauty standards go into modeling go into beauty pageants but with, yeah. that, with that change when you came and empowered yourself by getting the business and creating your own business that was set for you and your skin type um what did how did that jump happen like was there did you learn a certain tool was there a certain experience there's someone that may be listening that's in your in that bit of like this doesn't feel right I'm kind of making myself ready for society but I'm not making myself ready for me like was there a, a point that really turned for you or something you learned yeah I think I think that that Miss Universe pageant was my point yeah. Um, and this is an ongoing journey. Like I don't like sometimes I do forget that. Sometimes I do go on a on a run where like I'm like, oh, okay, I you know, I want to be maybe I've had a career change or maybe I want to try something new. And and I feel like um I have always wanted to live up to like a label. So like I said, with the stereotypes, it's like, oh, everybody told me that I should be a model, so I'll go be a model. 
and then when I when I tried to be a model <laughs> I kind of entered into that world I was like well I don't I don't I don't want to do this yeah even though I might look the part I don't think I actually am supposed to be here because like I'm not the right look and I'm just I just kind of look like this you know what a model should look like in the eyes of someone who has no idea yeah exactly (laughs) uh you know some person on the street and so then um after that you know I went in worked in the corporate world and also there you see a lot of um you know like workplace politics and um you know people really valuing being smart and charismatic yeah and so then I was in both worlds of like starting my business but then also um you know going through this journey of self-image health and wellness and so both sides of it really equipped me to to start a business and run it yeah um but that's a whole journey and challenge in itself so if we go a bit more about into the um because describing what you're saying about standing out, I feel like a lot of it, a lot of females could relate, like a lot of women can relate because it's that feeling of when you're a female and you're in a male-dominated space, um, you can feel really uncomfortable at times. Um, but it must have been 10 times more difficult for you because you're even that extraordinary. So how was, how yeah. was it like working in the corporate world? Because I, oh. I know for me in Sydney, for example, working in guest relations, I'm five foot ten already. I, I get a lot of attention and sometimes that attention feeds my ego and it, and it works. But then there's a lot of times where I'm literally walking down the street and I can just, it's almost like you can peel off another layer of skin of people's eyes and you're like, oh, like that's gross. Like get off it. Like yeah. you can feel that energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel that. Yeah. <laughs> or like walking into the bar. I remember when my sister um first moved to Sydney we were going out a lot and she would just be like what the fuck like when we walk to a bar the whole bar just like stops and looks at you and it's like you just like walk through this sea of people just staring at you and I'm like I just never noticed it I just don't I think because I learned not to be judgmental myself I just don't single people out and look at them I just don't look at other people yeah not not in a not in a like I do look at other people but not in a way that I you know would lock eyes with someone and like you know particularly look at them and and make a judgment and so after you said that I started noticing it and I'm like, oh my god, they really do. And so then I started so calling it eye raping, <laughs> getting eye raped. <laughs> but honestly, we laugh, but it's actually like a real thing. Like it, it, it's it's when you can just feel the people's gazes on you, like yeah, that eye raping thing. I mean, it sounds horrendous, but it's it's so true. Like as a female, as a woman, you feel it a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think in the corporate world, um, it did, it, it did help. Um, I never have felt discriminated against in a male dominated world. I really have never, ever felt that. Like I, my first, um, you know, job that I did really well in, I was one of three women in a, in a team of 30. Oh, wow. Um, 
Yeah, and I was in um, in the property industry, so that's very competitive for one, um, and it's quite you know hard to to pave a way. But I really did there. I um, I became really good friends with the directors of the company who are still mentors for me today. And interestingly enough, I had trouble with the executive woman. She actually kind of started bullying me because then rumors started going around that, you know, I was sleeping with these, um, these guys who ran the company. Um, and I decided that I wanted to move to Sydney to go and, you know, expand my horizons. Yeah. Uh, I was living in Newcastle at the time, which is about two hours outside of Sydney. And, um, and the company asked me if I would stay with them and they would expand their offices to Sydney if I could open the offices there. And so that was, that was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and then I became um, one of the, actually the first female site inspector. <laughs> Oh wow! They doing property valuations. Yeah, little title there. So female. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and the HR manager called me in for a meeting before I left, and she said, "I just want to make sure that you want to do this because there's an elephant in the room. Like you're really attractive, and you're going to be going into people's homes. Like, are you are you sure you want to do this? Do you feel safe?" And I was like. even thought about that that's I just never... <laughs> but, so, do you, but do you worry about your safety at times um yeah I do I mean but in the way of uh walking in the street at night yeah um but for example the other day there was a an issue happening outside of um, the supermarket some guy was like yelling and screaming and the security guards were you know trying to calm the situation so something was going on anyway I'm walking up, I'm walking towards the entrance and um this guy's like the guy who they're trying to contain he's like fuck you, you fucking he's talking to the security guard the two um black security guards and they're quite they're about my height he's like yeah. you, you like go back to Somalia you fucking black cunts and I was like I was like hey enough with the racism you little prick (laughs) came up to me he came up to me he was like shut up (laughs) (laughs) wow but I think because of my height I feel like this guy was quite short actually so he would have been the odd one out because these other guys were as tall as me and he's trying to fight and all he had was like nasty words. Exactly. And very yeah, and I think, syndrome. Yeah. And I think uh, if I was shorter, I probably wouldn't have done that. So I think um, my height, like I know it's intimidating. Yeah. And, and I think only now am I starting to realise like my physical impact um and I've always been a bit of a people pleaser even though I've been really confident in the workplace and you know like making decisions and paving my own way um conflict has always been 
um, something that I've avoided. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's interesting that you say that you got, um, you had more problems with the only woman in the corporate world. Um, you, you, You'd think it'd be the opposite. You'd think that you'd be allies, but it was, it's exactly. obviously, there's an insecure issue. Do you bring, here's a have, question. Do you bring a lot of insecurity out in other women? Yes. And that's why I think women say to me, you must find it really hard to get a man. Yeah. God. Um, so I never want to think of it like that, but I've just over my life, I've had, prob- I've always had issues with women in the workplace. Not every woman, but generally a woman in an executive position. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've always gotten along really well with men in executive positions. And I think, you know, I'm not a competitive person at all. And I do think outside the box and I'm not afraid to share my ideas or have my say. Um, and I don't feel like I can't do that around men, but I do feel like I can't do that around women because of my my previous experiences with women in the workplace. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of a, your, yeah, I get that. And it's not a generalisation. Like, I, I have no issue with women. I don't feel competitive with them. I love, you know, like I grew up with beautiful women and I always have really good relationships with most women in the workplace, but... Yeah, it's weird. It's just always, there's always one in an executive position that I've always that I've ended up having a conflict. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because it's like, it's we as females, I know this story's been told a million times, but it's like we're taught to see each other as competitors and hate on each other. Yeah. So it's almost like you getting this extra attention because of how stunning you are and how you stand out. It brings, it wouldn't surprise me how much of the insecurity it brings out in other people because you're completely a threat because everyone's looking at you. Yeah. And I, you know, my, my most recent uh, lady that I worked with, um, I was consulting to the Hair and Beauty Industry Association yeah. and kind of taking over that, um, you know, bringing that company into the Retailers Association. And around this time was when I was doing coaching with Andre, who you've um, done coaching with as well. Yeah. And I, and I, and I was doing my coaching around this because I'm like, what is the issue? Is it me? Is it, you know, like, what am I doing wrong? And like, I always blame myself and, and I never, um, you know, like saw anyone as, because I just wouldn't, I just don't see myself as someone to be attacked for my, for my appearance because I don't think that way. So, and that's one thing that Andre pointed out. She's like, she's retiring. She's, had her own pain that she's not dealt with and and here comes this tall beautiful smart woman who's now going to run a company that she's run for the last 15 years and she's projecting all of her own shit onto you you're bringing this out in her she doesn't know that and so she's attacking you because of her own shit so yes it does bring certain things out in people and I've had to learn that you know it's been a really hard lesson to learn because I just don't think that way I just would never go oh I'm like tall and beautiful so people hate me yeah (laughs) but I don't think it's it's not a hate thing isn't it it's just an insecure thing 
Yeah. 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 And like, I just, I, I don't even like saying that because I just don't, yeah, I just don't think of myself like that. Do you, um, do you think things are getting better in terms of beauty standards? So you have your own skincare brand um, because I suppose this kind of like discrimination, you can, it's, it, you stand out because you're the minority in a major in the majority kind of group. Like, do you think things are getting better? For example, like Game of Thrones, there was that really famous tall woman character and everyone loved her. Like, is it getting better or not really? I think it is. I think that the positives in social media are that everybody has their own voice and brand, but the issue with that is people are also hiding behind an image maybe that they've created or that they want to be seen for. Yeah. But in the sense of, um, you know, that now you see models that are um, not sick thin, they have different skin, like um, like Winnie. Um, yeah, she's gorgeous, isn't she? Yes, yeah, like people love her for that. Or, um, you know, there's, there's heaps of girls that are just like completely different body types and shapes and colours and because people have stood up for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and people are, like I said, like there's, there's clothing brands now that have plus size, they have tall, they have, you know, you can, and I use ASOS again as an example. Now when you put in a, in the filter, you can put in your body type. Oh, wow, amazing. That's and so good. Just search for, yeah, and that's how it should be. And like ASOS even for, um, uh, yeah, mostly with, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, like skin color and makeup, like they only just brought out makeup for darker skin. That's um, insane because it's like it's 2020. You'd think that that would have been done ages ago. I know, I know, mm-hmm. and I still think the world's a crazy place, and there's still, you know, obviously a lot of racism and sexism and all of that. But if we don't speak up, and we don't, you know, start our own companies where it has a voice and it talks to people who resonate. Um, things, it takes a while to change. People don't just change automatically. But Yeah, it's a lot of um, long-term systems of oppression that need to be unlearned because we're taught them ourselves. Do you know what I mean? We're taught, yeah. we're part, we, ta- we get taught those things and we need to unlearn them to then learn them, relearn the new way. Um, how yeah. do you feel in yourself now, Tommy? So from, is there anything that you'd want to say to that, that 16-year-old now? Oh, I meet, I meet lots of parents um, who say, oh, my God, you're so nice and tall. My, daughter, my daughter's going to be six foot three or something like that. And I'll always say, make sure she's proud of her height because yeah. it's really, really special to stand out and... And it's okay because I still, like, I still know that I have this scared little girl inside of me that's like, you know, people are looking at me and people are judging me. And, like, now I just, I don't give a shit. But, like, I know that that's still there because, like you said, you always feel eyes on you. And if you've got eyes on you, be brave enough to make an impact. You know, like like there's no pressure. There is no pressure, but if you're given that that gift, like everybody's given a gift, but I think if you are, you know, exceptionally tall, 
then and you've got a voice and you've got something to say like people they listen yeah 100% that's a very positive way to look at it I really like that Uh, yeah I think like um and what I've found as well that on social media like I'm no different to anybody else on there because I just have photos right so you can't really see my height yeah but when I did public speaking I think I had more of an impact because I had that physical presence there yeah so it's using it to your advantage isn't it I think so I think it's a really nice thing to use to your advantage and that's still something that I'm learning as well like I said I don't think of myself as as different really um I just kind of correct people when they want to like point me out or single me out for being tall so I probably don't use my um, physicality enough for for good but I think at the moment I'm probably going through that journey yeah I'm I'm you know I view social media as something completely different as to what I did like a year ago and I even follow pages where people do have like tall jokes and stuff like that because I can totally relate and I think for yeah for young girls who are primarily on social media probably need to to read stuff like that maybe for someone like me to say you know when I was younger this is how I felt and this is stuff that was held at me and this is how you overcome it yeah I I think that sharing your story and um helping other people is really powerful definitely Um, it creates a connection, and isn't it? If you, if you have someone that you can look at that has been through what you've been through or feels the same way you feel, it automatically makes you feel better because you feel less alone. Exactly. And it empowers you to go, oh, my God, like someone else went through this and they're, they're okay. Yeah. You use it as your power. People are always going to try and tear you down. I mean, like any famous person will tell you. Any, like... Any person who has a big following on social media will talk about the trolls and a hundred percent. They try and tear you down. What? Yeah. Um, what tools do you have now when people are trying to tear you down, or when you're in an environment that you feel uncomfortable? And what tools do you that help you get through it? Um, I think I have a lot of empathy towards people who. Um, you know, say things that are not so nice. Yeah. And um, I, I, I naturally do just have a really gentle soul and I thank my dad for that. And, you know, he's, he's the, tall, um, the tall guy in the family, so I think he probably learnt that as well, even though it's more um, uh, typical for men to have more height than us. But... Um, the tools that I have now, I think I've done a lot of therapy and I understand my pain and how to draw from that. Yeah, now I can understand why people say the things that they do. Yeah. And I just correct people now. Like I said, I just make a joke when people are, um, you know, think that I'm a basketballer or something or if someone says, oh, my, holy shit, you're so tall. And I'm like, hey correct way to say it if, if you're trying to give me a compliment you say hey you're, you're so lovely and tall yeah there you go <laughs> is that what you're trying to do are you trying are you trying to give me a compliment yeah yeah I'm so sorry because then they automatically like holy shit I sound like an idiot yeah exactly. I don't 
I don't think a lot of people are trying to be nasty. And if they are, they got their own shit. And you know what? Um, actually a really cool person to draw strength on who could elaborate so, in so much more detail than what I have and what I can is a guy called David Goggins. Have yeah. you heard of him? No, I've not heard of him. Oh, he's got a book called Can't Hurt Me. And he grew up. Um, he's, he's black and, um, grew up in quite a racist town and had just a a horrible upbringing and experienced all the pain that you can imagine. And he really has a lot of tools where you, that you can draw on for when you're feeling pain, when someone puts you down, um, to use that as fuel. You know, I think that's what I did when I was younger is like, no, fuck all these assholes that are being nasty to me. I'm going to go do my own thing and shut that shit out because they've got their own problems. I think that's like the one and only piece of advice that I have. Yeah. That's really good though. Use it as fuel. I love that. Yeah. And it's a, it's a conscious thing because it's something that you've got to change. Right. So like I've been a people pleaser my whole life, even though deep down, I'm like, I don't care what other people think. You've got to keep reinforcing that belief um and meditation like all the tools that are like the oldest tools in the book like meditation using your pain as fuel and paving your own way and just reinforcing that every single day will always make you a stronger person and like we're just humans you know like you fall into a rut sometimes sometimes things people say do get to you maybe you're just having a a moment where you you know not as strong and resilient as you as you normally are but I think um changing your values as well like doing an audit on what you really value uh is really helpful too so when you value other people's opinions and when you value um, you know, like a certain type of beauty or you value what some people say, is that really a value that helps you? Yeah, 100%. I think it's great that you look at that way. You seem like it sounds like you have so much, well, I know because I know you in person, but it sounds from the way that you speak that you have so much love and compassion for other people. A lot of people could have turned their experiences of the bullying of standing out from the eye raping as like kind of negative and fuck the world and, and pity me. But you're very, you're showing a lot of empathy and kindness. And that 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 just shows how much of a big person you are lot be not cracking jokes here like really do you know what I mean it shows <laughs> it shows it shows excuse the pun yes the pun like you it is and I think it's really lovely so it's great I'm sure that if there was a little a younger girl that was feeling tall or insecure about how much she stood out it's great to see you now in your late 20s feeling empowered feeling good challenging other people but also showing kindness and empathy to them that that's really powerful yeah, I think um, like, yeah, what you just said, like challenging other people and like having the courage to do that is super powerful because then you take the power back. Like someone's saying something nasty, they're just trying to take your power from you. Exactly. That's so true. And you have the power to correct them. Like there's been so many times, like I met one of my best friends, actually, he was teasing me about being tall. And yeah. I was like, did you ever consider that I have feelings and that probably um, you 
commenting on my physical appearance um, to be a bad thing, uh, you know, has a really bad impact on me. Imagine if I was really sensitive to that and that I um, actually wanted to kill myself because I stood out so much and people teased me and he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, just... <laughs> they just don't get it. They just don't get it. But that's so and that's good. that's the power that you can have, right? Yeah. That's the power that you can have. Yeah, and if you do it in such a good way that's subtle and really teaching someone something instead of just attacking them, the way that you said that then was lovely. It's like you're teaching them instead of going on the attack because when people get attacked, they just go on the defense. But it's interesting what you're saying about the empower because as well, it's like there's that quote, isn't there, where it's like the only... But no one can take your power away from you. Um, you you allow people to take that power away. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, yeah, exactly. so it's like when you can get your own power back. That's when that's what. And if that's leaving a job, if that's leaving a relationship, whatever that is, you have to have your own power. Yeah. Yeah, and it'd be amazing at what falls into place when you own it. Yeah, 100%. Oh, Alana, thank you so much. This has been such a really good chat. Like, it's it's beautiful to see your journey and see where you've come from. And I think it's going to be really helpful to other people. I want to end on three fun questions, okay? Okay. Um, I, I forget I asked one of them that I had in my head on the way, so I'll just think of some now. Do you believe in other planets? In yes. not other planets, do you believe in an other, another world, another universe, aliens? Yeah, absolutely. What do you I, I dream about what's in space all the time. And I'm watching a show called Away at the moment when they go to space. Oh, wow. I'm, have you I'm, seen... I'm obsessed. Have you seen Dark yet? The German program? I want to say it's German. No. Oh, Doc's really yeah. good. You'll have to watch that. It's all about alternative worlds and, and time travel and stuff like that. It's great. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think it's so cool. We haven't even haven't we have no idea. And I hope that we get to experience that, you know, a life somewhere else when we die. Yeah, hundred percent. That'd be great. That's the dream, isn't it? Um, what do you say to yourself when you need to nurture yourself? Um, a really good um, nurturing, like self-soothing practice that I do is one that I got from my therapist, um, where she gets me to like hold just under my heart, like hold my left rib with my right hand and then hold my right shoulder with my left hand and just, um, just sit and, it's like, it's, a, it's literally a hug for yourself. You're like holding your heart and just to get still again. And actually before we hopped on this podcast, I did a meditation with a woman called Sarah Blondin yeah. on Insight Timer. She has some really, really beautiful meditations where um, they're guided and it just feels like she speaks to you, you know, like she has yeah. one, like for me, I listened to one this morning where it was, um, you know, listening to and loving yourself. That's and lovely. sometimes you do just need to catch yourself and be like, oh my God, I haven't had any compassion for myself lately. I'm getting lost in this exterior world and I'm doubting myself and just need to get on the mat, sit on the floor, lay on your bed, give yourself a hug and just, be, be there, be there. And yeah. journal. Journal's a great one. I love journaling. Um, okay, yeah. last question. 
What is the best tall girl comeback you've ever said or ever heard in your life? Oh, God, I wish I could remember them all. I'm sure I've had some crackers when I was drunk and I just don't remember. But um, I used to have a really good time when I used to go and party, like go to clubs in Sydney. And I used to go out with a girl who's six foot one. Yeah. Um, and guys were always like, oh, there's models here. You'd hear them like yell at their friends and then they'd come and talk to you. And we, we would just like make up some language and, and be like, uh, I don't speak much English, but uh, it's so nice here to be like without the paparazzi. And <laughs> no one knows who we are here. <laughs> That's good. And again, because they just thought we're someone famous. Did they, will they, they get photos and stuff and be like, oh my God, this is this person? Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> that. And then. Yeah, there was the joke in Bunnings. But then my favourite one is just when people are so blunt and they're like, holy shit, you're so tall. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm so glad you reminded me. I fucking <laughs> forgot today. I, I totally forgot that I'm tall. Like, thank you so much. And you should see the look on their face. If anyone ever says it to you, you should drive. <laughs> I love that one. Holy fuck. Thanks for reminding me. That's such a good one. I've seen the ones I'm online. But then they get they get taken back and they're like, I'm so sorry. I just realized I told myself. I love that. That sarcastic humor. That's great. Oh, Alana, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Quarter Life Crazy. And is there anything that you want to mention? Your Instagram or your brand? Tell me a little bit. Um, yes, go follow my, my skincare brand, AB underscore Australia. Correct. And I think, Amy, that you've probably, um, you've inspired me to have a bit more purpose on my Instagram because I originally got quite a, a big following for, um, posting my, my fitness journey. Yeah. Um, so people really relate to like, you know, growing through a, a growth phase and transformation and I think um you know what we just spoke about before is you know having a voice and helping other people who are going through the same thing yeah um you might have just given my Instagram a bit more purpose I think so posting a bit more stuff about this yeah oh well that makes me happy because you've got so much to say Alana and I really (laughs) think that you have a lot to offer people a lot to offer women a lot to offer everyone like you've you've gone on this journey and you've come out I know it's always a journey it never stops but you're coming out the end of it like you're you're helping other people and I think when you start to help other people that's a sign of how well you're doing yourself so are you with your podcast? <laughs> I love you. Oh, I think the connection, hey, the connection bloody Zoom. Um, I love you. Thank you so much, Alana. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Amy Mansono. You can find me on Instagram at Amy Mansono. And then my podcast is Quarter Life Crazy, as you know, because you're listening to it. Um, and if you want to email me, it's amy at quarterlifecrazy.com. Alana, thank you so much. I love you. Have a beautiful day. I Tuesday. love you. Love you, you love too. You. Bye. Bye, babe. Bye.